0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Hello, dandy and definitely darling data devotees. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 13, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen. And together we are your double duo of dexterous detail dealing deputies.
2: <laughs> Dang.
1: We're a double duo. <laughs> double double duo.
2: duo. I guess I see what you mean. Oh. Right. Two duos.
1: Two
0: duos. That's
2: okay. your best one yet. I'm marking this. show 15 oh. Oh, best celebration. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it is episode 13 uh we should have really done our superstition show for this show <laughs> makes a little bit more it sense It makes so much
3: sense now in retrospect <laughs> we'll and try th-
2: to match later episodes up with appropriate numbers
1: yeah our 42 yeah. can be meaning of life yeah yep. oh yeah, yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> 16 can be like john hughes movies oh <laughs> yes yes Let's, yeah okay all right
1: we're committing ourselves here we have i'm colin dana and chris Woo! In 13, in our Superstition episode, uh, the fear of 13 is tr- uh, tris... Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> fear
3: of 3 and 10.
1: And you also shared that it was an emerp number.
3: Oh, yes, that's right. It was the smallest prime number that, if you reverse the digits, is also a prime number. Oh.
1: I also found out that 13 is also a what mathematicians called a happy number, a Mm. happy number.
3: Which which means what?
1: So a happy number, by definition, uh, you start out with any positive integer, and you replace the number by the sum of the square of its digits. So 1 and 3 are the digits, so the squares Mm. would be 1 and Mm 9. And you repeat the process until the number equals 1 when you add it together. So if they equal to 1 then it's a happy number. If it doesn't, then it's a sad number. I like math terms, like imaginary
0: numbers. Do they have like sparkle numbers? Sparkle
1: numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Shiny numbers. Rainbow numbers. Yeah. (laughs) So 13, one plus nine equals 10. And then you take the digits Uh, of those. Square of one.
2: One plus zero zero one. 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 I see. So. What is this useful at all? I don't <laughs> think so. I but,
0: really don't think. I so. I bet there's a way it, it works in some like what, one more piece formula. of evidence
2: for mathematicians need to get out
0: more. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: and uh, we also have some cool news, bizarre headlines. The big brainiacs over at MIT solved the age-old question of pouring ketchup smoothly onto things. Oh, right. I read about that. The stuck ketchup problem has now been solved uh, by MIT engineers. uh, And what they did was they actually invented... A slippery bottle coating, Yes, right, right, that takes away a lot of the, the friction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that the ketchup gets stuck in the bottle, and it's called Liquid Glide. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sounds uh, like something uh, you might find at an again, adult novelty I know, store.
2: Exactly. <laughs> MIT engineers again proving that they're really good at inventing things, not so great at. things. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. gaming, yeah. laughs> we'll leave that to marketing. Let's get the marketing.
2: Liquid
1: Glide. <laughs> yeah. uh, sure. It's made out of non-toxic. And FDA approved materials, though it has not been disclosed what actually (laughs) liquid light is made out of.
3: It's made of a substance who we knows? found inside this meteorite.
0: <laughs> so can we
3: call is... it tomato move?
1: <laughs> oh, tomato move. Tomato move. But what if you use it for honey and other and you... mayonnaise? Right, oh, I right.
2: Or mustard.
3: Or...
1: Right, yep. right,
2: right,
3: right. Well,
0: Think anyway. of more condiments
1: yeah. we can use it. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, GJB.podcast at gmail.com for all your naming suggestions.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And we have our usual general trivia segment, which is Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Here I have my trivial pursuit card, Barnard right. buzzers is ready, right. please. Right. And Geography Blue Wedge. Here we go. From what California community do you cross the border to Tijuana, Mexico? Uh, so
3: I was a little early. Sorry, I'll recuse myself. And you probably
1: uh, speak from experience, probably.
3: Uh, that's from San Diego. No. Uh, oh.
1: San Ysidro. Yeah, San Ysidro. Oh, okay. That's I've right. heard that, but that's I wouldn't
3: right. be able that's to right. it. That's right, sorry.
1: All right. Pop Culture Pink Wedge. The presidents of the United States of America, the mm-hmm. band, performed the theme song to what TV show? Oh. Colin.
3: Was it, uh... Oh, no, it wasn't. I was going to guess Malcolm in the Middle. That's They Might but Be that's Giants. That's right, They Might Be Giants. That's right. As I was halfway through, I realized. That's what I was
2: going to guess. Um no. no, it's not Get a Life. That was R.E.M. Uh, pass.
0: It's not Pete and Pete. Nope. No.
1: <sighs> Cleveland rocks. Oh. The- oh.
2: The Drew
3: Carey Show. That's right. That's right. I knew it was a big, big hit show.
2: Did not know that was them.
1: Yellow Wedge. What U.S. president coined the term axis of evil? Chris.
2: George W. Bush. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And here's another question for you, Chris. Uh Purple Wedge. What 2005 bestseller has the tagline, a rogue economist explores the hidden (laughs) side of everything? You buzz in early, Colin. Chris.
2: <laughs> uh, freakonomics.
1: Freakonomics yes. by Stephen D. Levitt and Stephen J. Dubner. Green wedge for science. What skill do you possess if you can bend a spoon without touching it? Oh, sorry. Dana, telekinesis. Telekinesis. That's right. Yes. And last De- deception,
3: question. Deception, I believe, is, <laughs> the, is the accurate answer. Below yes, no, no. the skill of deception. Right.
1: <laughs> last question. Uh, In 2005, what basketball star was sworn in as a reserve officer in the Miami Beach Police Department? I knew you'd know
3: this. That was Shaquille O'Neal.
1: Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. His salary, do you know what his salary was? Oh, mm-hmm. as the reserve
3: officer? Mm-hmm. Is it $1? Yeah. It is. Yeah, That's I was, what yeah, I Yeah, something token too. like that. Right, $1 yeah, $1 right.
1: yeah, a yeah, year. Sure. Yep. Which is nothing compared to what he makes. Well, the, there it's because great... they have
2: to pay him something. Right.
1: Right. Oh. Yeah. And
3: he doesn't want to, you know, elicit any taxpayers complaining, like, yeah, well, he doesn't there's... need this $30,000 a year right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, give it to
2: somebody <laughs> who deserves it. Yeah right. yeah.
3: right. There are these great stories of him. I mean, he really does have a genuine interest in law enforcement and has said many times that he would like to be a sheriff or a police officer and so he. there are these great stories of him going on ride-alongs you know and even busting down <laughs> doors like I mean mm-hmm. can you imagine yourself as like you know yeah. a drug dealer or you're in your apartment and the cops break in the door oh, and there's Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> nice.
1: well Steven Seagal is also yeah. a fan of law enforcement <laughs> yeah. as well yes, is it,
0: he's yes. a deputy isn't he
3: yep. yeah. I, smell I smell a reality
1: talent. show he, it,
3: <laughs>
1: it already, already said, yeah. no, 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 I mean the Shaquille O'Neal version that would be weird Shaq and Steve. (laughs) And we got our Kickstarter backer question here from uh, Shane Williams from Maine. And his question is a little bit of a mouthful. What English word that starts with an A in French is the Australian term for the British?
2: English. In English, where it starts, starts with an a, an a, it's used in the French language.
1: In in the French, it, yes, Wait, used in the if, French if a language.
2: French, if a French person were to use this word, it would they would be described it would be how the Australians describe the British. Correct. Angles.
1: No, <laughs> it is apple in French, which is palm, mm-hmm. and palm uh-huh. is the term Australians use to describe uh-huh. the British. Uh-huh. And uh, Shane himself Mm, is a a Welshman. And he says here, he's like, oh, Wales is the UK version of Alabama.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get angry letters from two places now.
1: (laughs) So these Kickstarter backer questions are just one of the the cool things that we reward to some of our initial Kickstarter backers uh, who are generous enough to give us some money uh, to help us set and start this podcast up. Uh, so again, a big thank you to all the ones who donated money back in January. And in addition, there are a few individuals who really were extra generous and one of the rewards for these, uh, high ticketed backers is that they get to choose our topic of the week. So today's episode is our first backer dictated topic show. Yes. And, uh, Nathan, uh, he gave us a ton of suggestions, including from, uh, name origins. He's really into, uh, mythological creatures from fantasy and, and video games. So for today's topic of the week, we're going to talk about Monsters! I got a monster in my closet Someone's underneath my bed The wind's knocking at my window I kill it but it's
2: already
1: dead (laughs) Monsters, mythological and uh, fantasy creatures—big topic, but a a wonderful topic. Yes, we'll a try wondrous. We'll Trying to
3: scratch topic. the surface.
1: And I'm going to start off uh, with a quiz. Oh, Ooh. all so right. Get your buzzers ready. You get
2: this buzzer back here. All right.
1: This quiz, uh, I'm going to call it the monster body part mashup quiz.
2: Okay.
3: So
1: in in many cultures, a lot of monsters are a a hybrid representation of multiple animals uh, featuring different body parts from different creatures. So for this quiz, I'm going to describe the the makeup of this monster's uh, animal parts in his body. Mm -hmm. And you have to identify the monster. So for example, uh, if I say... Body of a horse, torso of a human, you would say... Centaur. Centaur, yeah. Centaur correct. And uh, these monsters are, are pretty common in okay. literary and mythological references, so nothing too obscure. Here we go. Okay. Number one. Half snake, half person. Uh,
3: uh, uh,
1: Darn, I uh,
3: knew this. I know this, too.
2: Uh, it's killing me.
1: It is a naga. Naga! Yes. Naga! Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, yes, yes. Ugh.
2: In, right. in Final Fantasy games and, and Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons.
1: Okay. This creature has the body of a lion and head and wings of an eagle. Colin.
3: That's Hi. the griffin,
1: right? Correct. It is the griffin. I buzzed it. <laughs> Get a louder buzzer, Dana. Oh, my God. <laughs> And Griffin is also known as the King of Birds. Oh, huh. okay. The, the King of all beasts. Very kingly in right. a lot of flags and, and such. This is a two-legged dragon with a rooster head. Oh.
3: Is that a chimera?
1: Incorrect. Hmm. It is a cockatrice. Oh. oh. This creature has snake hair, wings, and sometimes boar tusks.
3: Oh, I know. I I, I mean, snake hair. I just, I'm going to say Medusa.
0: It's not Medusa. Uh, It's a Gorgon.
2: It's a
1: Gorgon. I knew that. It is a Gorgon. That's
2: like calling a vampire a Dracula. Darn it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. This creature has a human face, a lion body, a scorpion tail, and occasionally dragon wings. (laughs)
3: Uh, Is that a sphinx? Incorrect. This is, in fact, a chimera.
1: Incorrect. (laughs) It is a manticore. Oh. Oh. That's right. the
2: scorpion tail. So. Do you know what you do do with a manticore? What? You throw it away after you're finished eating the manta. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. This has a body of a lion, tail that ends with a snake head, and a head of a goat on the back.
2: Mm. Chimera.
3: Yes.
1: yes.
3: <laughs> I didn't want to say it. This,
1: is, <laughs> this in fact, is a chimera, yes. which... A lot of the lore that we see with Chimera, they kind of look more like dragons yeah. or, or manticores, but the quintessential Chimera is actually a really weird-looking animal. It has body of a lion, and the weird thing is it has a goat grown out of the back, like right. from the spine. Right. Very right. strange.
3: It's more aerodynamic, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> you have less goat drag. <laughs> okay,
1: this is a rabbit with deer antlers and sometimes a pheasant tail. Uh, Dana. Jackalope. 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 <laughs> okay, this is a horse with a scaly, fish-like hindquarter. Oh,
3: I think I've seen pictures of these.
2: <laughs> <Or drawings>. Merpony.
1: <laughs>
0: I wish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pony. It is called a hippocamp. Ah, oh, that's what it is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, in yeah, the famous right. Trevino right. fountain in Rome. Uh, one of one of the creatures is a hippocamp, right. and also in a lot of the, the old paintings of King Poseidon, you know, riding on his carriage, those actually are not horses; those are hippocamps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. I had to go to hippocamp when I was a kid. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. They made us walk a lot.
1: <laughs> oh. Okay. This is from Asian mythology. It's a dragon lion. Deer and ox, Ooh. in both Japanese and Chinese mythology, famously known more as a beer name. Oh, oh, yeah. this is
3: the Kirin. Yes. yes, the Kirin. Okay. Yeah, that's or, right. Yeah. There's even a picture of it on the label. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
1: and like, why is it so familiar? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes in some of the stores where they have the Kirin beer mini kegs, they actually include a little plastic spout that you put on the opening, and it's a little. Kieran.
3: Oh, I like head, that. That's cool. And his
1: mouth opens and the beer comes out. Okay, the last one. So we know a centaur is a man and horse. Yeah. What is a man and donkey?
2: Oh, oh. oh. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just gonna cap. I know over I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is called an Ono Centaur. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, Centaur.
3: (laughs) O-N-O Centaur? Oh, no, Centaur. Ono Centaur. Ono Centaur. Oh. Oh. And
1: that is my masha body part monster quiz. That's a good one.
3: That's a good one.
0: I thought you were going to do Merlion. Oh, the one from Singapore. Singapore. Yeah.
1: Merlion.
3: Which is what? Which is what?
1: It's it's a lion it's like a with a fish tail. But... Ah, okay. <laughs> it's a but with a lion,
3: <laughs> it's a better branded Mer Pony. Yeah. Ponies are coming back. Yeah. <laughs> My Little Mer Pony.
0: <laughs> kind of speaking of Gorgons, I was going to talk a little bit about Medusa. So Medusa came up in trivia for us once, and we couldn't remember which Greek deity cursed her to have the snake hair and, you know, that's turn right, people right. into stone with her face. And the answer was Athena. And so I looked up the story, and I'll give you the Dana version of the story. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this <laughs> so is be... the Dana's Notes version. <laughs> right.
0: Medusa was a beautiful maiden, and she was in Athena's temple for some reason, and Poseidon raped her for some reason Whoa! There. Athena caught... The rape happening and was mad at medusa for it not at poseidon wow and then decided to curse medusa with the snake hair and the face Blame, um, blaming the victim. I that is, know yeah. that
1: is so effed Wait, up.
0: So this isn't all of her beef with Athena. It goes on, and so I'm never going to forget that it was Athena who did this. So she, so Perseus goes on his journey, and he has all these tasks, and he got all these gifts from the gods. And the gift he got from Athena was the um mirrored shield, and he used that very same mirrored shield from Athena to look at the reflection of Medusa and cut off her head, right? With it. Oh, by the way, when he kills her, um, she's pregnant with Poseidon's child, and what comes out of her is Pegasus, the winged horse that he rides what? Yeah. Yeah. and the golden sword comes out of her too <laughs> so,
3: wow i want to see like... the sonogram of what that looked like <laughs> yeah now to the left of the sword here <laughs> i see some
0: wings <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what i'm looking at it's the bird horse with so pegasus is the white horse with the big wings that wow. can fly and, Pe- and it's birthed. mom and
1: Dad is Medusa, We're Poseidon and Poseidon. And Medusa. Yes. Wow. Whoa.
2: Yes. I bet he thought he was adopted. For. A- <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> so. And
3: my brother's a sword. <laughs> I look nothing like my sword. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Perseus uses Medusa's head as a weapon and turns people into stones, and the blood from her head turns into serpents in Ethiopia. Like it's intense, all the things he does with her yeah. dead head. And then he gives it to Athena at the end of his quest, and she puts it on her shield, and it becomes kind of part of her like suite of weapons. Her, her coat of arms. Yeah, her coat of arms <laughs> has, has a Medusa's head on her shield. Man.
1: And don't piss under. Athena off. Yeah. Or don't piss any of the Greek gods. Any off of the Greek off. gods. Right. Yeah. They're pretty brutal.
3: Yeah, they rarely take pity, and when they when they afflict you with things. They afflict you with things. They don't forget. Yeah, they don't mess
2: around. Speaking of winged horses, so (laughs) for this episode I decided to, um, Investigate uh, the origin story of the official, unofficial, uh, mythical animal of, of Good Job Brain, the the unicorn. <laughs> for some reason, keeps coming up, podcast after podcast. Um, and I just I, I wanted to know like why this extensive, centuries long fascination with with unicorns. Like, where did the idea of it come from? Like, why is it so intoxicating to believe that there is a, a why why the one horn? You know, mm-hmm. like what what is the deal? Apparently, there was a, a the first like Written reference to the unicorn, there was a Greek historian named Titius who wrote about seeing them in India. And so, basically, what happened was like, oh yeah, you guys, I totally saw these things <laughs> right. in India, where you'll never ever go Trust, yeah. <laughs> because you're going to live your entire lives like five minutes distance from the village where you were born. But no, seriously, these things exist in India. And so, that anybody who traveled around with the locals told me stories of the horse with one horn that kind of walks around in the forest and stuff like that. And and so a lot. Lot of it kind of comes from like um, apparently there were there were cave paintings of certain beasts and they were drawn in like 2d in profile and so instead of drawing two horns they just draw the one horn because that's all you could see in the in the profile oh. so this kind of comes into like oh but they only had one horn there were creatures that they called like monokeros in greek mm-hmm. meaning like one horn but like that's also where like rhinoceros comes from mm-hmm. which yeah. is nose horn right and so like that might have all gotten a little bit confused in the telling and retelling in this you know And actually, what I didn't know until I started looking this up is that unicorns are mentioned in the Bible like, many times. What? Like, for instance, if I may do a dramatic reading from Job thirty-nine nine. Yes. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or abide by thy crib? Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow, or will he harrow the valleys after thee? And basically, like, a lot of this could be mistranslations of, like, again, like, monokeros, like, actually yeah. referring yeah. to actual, like, like an ox. Like, like that's what they kind of think is that the, the translation of these things into unicorn doesn't necessarily mean horse with, you know, one one, one antler and, and wings flying around the forest, but in fact, you know, just like an ox or something to that effect.
0: But unicorns don't usually have wings, right? That's like the extra special spark. <laughs> <ones. laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I don't that's think... After, you know, yeah. That's So, no, in yeah. fact, so... so the for, Lisa Frank version of unicorns, So for
2: centuries <laughs> yeah. after this, you know, people believed in unicorns. People believed that somewhere out there, there were unicorns. And you're right, yeah, at that point, they probably didn't have wings. Horses with one horn. So of course they ascribe mystical powers to right, them. Because right. they're like so like dragons and, and as well. In, in like yeah. in like medieval religious art you see unicorns and it comes to yeah. symbolize Christ and purity and like Unicorns can only be tamed by a virgin. That's right, you
0: know, that's right, right. Um, they only. I listen-
3: did not yeah. know that. Yeah, 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 that yeah. seems like a really yes. clear allegory. Or metaphor I, <laughs> well, I had a, I just a very quick aside. I did have an old art history professor. thought you going to
1: say? Actually, I did. I did. I did tame a unicorn once. I was a virgin. No,
3: I did have a an art history professor who who would who would always point out that the obvious phallic symbolism of the unicorn having to be tamed by the virgin.
2: Of course, right, right. And actually.
0: You just got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ew. It's always that. It's always, that's Ew. the matchup. <laughs> right, right, right. Whenever you're trying to figure out where anything came yeah, from. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, right. it's always that. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: And, and people would actually take tusks from narwhals, you know, the whales that have like the one really long oh, sure, sure. Uh, uh-huh. tooth. Is, you know, you evolved from a tooth, right? Did you not know this? No. The narwhal tusk that My they have. My mind is getting blown left like a whale and right. Like a <laughs> no. tusk. It's actually a, it's a canine tooth. Right, um, right. That just sort of evolved into this tusk. And it's spiraled and that's what the unicorn uh, horn was supposed to be. It's supposed to be spiraled. And so people would take these and they would sell them as unicorn horns. Ah,
3: that's
0: clever. Which quite frankly
2: I think that selling them as narwhal tusks
0: is (laughs) interesting because it's actually real.
1: Well, but narwhals aren't magical the way unicorns are. I think narwhals are cooler than unicorns because they're in the ocean. Yeah. It's yeah. Even you're,
3: more you're not mystical. buying your narwhal horns in the right place that day.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you don't have to be a virgin to tame a narwhal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you
1: right now. <laughs> And
3: well. now I be- and now I believe you may have seen this when you are doing your research. Didn't they at some time I feel like in our lifetimes they've genetically engineered a unicorn, Ew, right? A- am no. I am I totally making this up or No, I want to look it up. Are- i to have- gonna- we'll Google see, this. Yes,
2: that is actually um it's kind of true. Like there are there well okay, so per- helping to perpetuate this myth have been like, you know, drawings or descriptions of other animals that might have had one horn, but there may have been genetic, you know, uh, flukes where like a goat would be, yeah. would just have uh, one horn, right, you know, right. like it it's totally, it totally possible. makes
1: sense. I do have, I do have a fascination with mer-anything. Like yeah. mer-anything is weird. Anything that, that you see on right. land, but it's like some sort of an ocean version. Right, you know, right. It yeah. is really weird. And so of course... We've mentioned this in our advertising show because we were talking about the Starbucks logo lady, which is a Hmm. siren, but specifically a specific type of siren that has the split Split tail. Split tail, yep. And of course, I'm like, well, how does reproduction work with that type of creature? <laughs> yeah. But then again, how do, how does reproduction work for for mermaids? You know, for for mermaids. for your garden variety yeah.
3: mermaid. Yeah, let alone the split tail. We've
1: talked about this before at great length. At right? great so length. So I'm interested to hear what you figured I did, out. I did, guys. I did Here we go. so much <laughs> mermaid reproduction and anatomy this is it. research. Here we how, go.
2: How, how is Murbabby um, formed? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Murbabby. <laughs> I want to know how much bad, like, uh, splash fan fiction you had to read. So, <laughs> so I,
1: obviously, a lot of this stuff is not scientific. Hard huh. to believe. It, it's not scientific. But right. <laughs> from a lot of different sources, from a lot of uh, pop culture or literary references and, and analysis. And there are um, uh, quite few vocal people who have written very extensive Uh, theories Uh about uh, mermaid anatomy. Uh And so this is kind of like my boiled down, you know, I've collected all these facts and I kind of categorize them. Really, there's four main, I guess, camps of uh, mermaid anatomy. And uh the first one is very generic, right? They really are a fish animal uh-huh. that look like humans. And so which means if they were to reproduce, they lay eggs. Bro, but Karen, we were
0: like, what about the belly buttons? <laughs>
1: That's See, a that's birth a, kind of thing. A lot of that—that's a thing because throughout history there are a lot of different uh, depictions of mermaids. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we know them probably known as more of the Disney variety where we have like the right. sexy shell bra, right, right. the belly belly, yeah,
3: fishtail at the bottom and then topless lady on on top.
1: Exactly, and so there are actually a lot of different uh, depictions of that. So one of them is that they're they're actually fish creatures. The second one is that we've seen from Splash, yes. is that mermaids can switch forms. And so there are a lot of uh, oh. tales where you know, we have people, and once you get in contact with water, they become uh. their mermaid form. Mm. And so to reproduce that way, you would just wait until they're human form. I see. And have normal human mm. sex.
2: And, and how does that work?
1: <laughs> 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 well, when a man... Loves- <laughs> And so the third camp is a lot of a historical art. The, the mermaids are depicted. The fishtail doesn't start until below the genitalia. Oh, oh. so kind of mid thigh. Just explaining is everything. where yeah. yep, where the the tail starts. And so they still have a womb. They still have human reproduction organs. Interesting. Basically. And so yeah, a lot of old art, eighteen hundreds <laughs> and before. Pick mermaids it's just that pictures way. Pictures of mermaids. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. That was this, my research. Yeah. Okay.
2: These people are just a bunch of old perverts. It just <laughs> sounds like
1: a, a
3: cottage industry for pervy little artists. Yeah. <laughs> now, what if the tail started here? What if the tail started here?
1: And our last camp is that they are more like dolphins and manatees. That they are they're mammals, but it's not uh, not scaly fish tails. They mm-hmm. do have tails, but not mm-hmm. associated with fish. But more so like dolphins or porpoises they have slits boys and girls have slits and all of their uh, genitalia is housed inside the slit and Mm they come out when necessary i like that one because they're still mammals yes and that's i I think essentially the main issue with merpeople anatomy is that you know you're assuming that a mermaid is really a fish and human hybrid right which is a whole can of worms because Fish are cold-blooded and people are warm-blooded, yeah. and how would that work? And so that's really the the main issue.
3: Well, yes. Uh, speaking of uh, water-bound creatures, <laughs> we're all about the forced segues on the show here. Um, I, I the, one of the speaking monsters, of mermaid sex. Speaking of mermaid genitalia,
2: <laughs> this is really. I, and I really want to thank our high donating backers for yeah. suggesting the show on mermaid junk. Remember, uh, <laughs> remember, great idea. Yes. You, you asked for this. <laughs> you
3: created this show. You might say, you created this monster. One uh, monster as a kid that always fascinated me was the Loch Ness monster. Ooh. I was like, I was totally, mm. I it's it like for, I was a I was a little rational skeptic kid, even you know the way I am now. But I wanted to believe. I really wanted to imagine. You know,
1: I, not growing up in in Western culture, I did not know it was a thing.
3: Oh, interesting.
1: Until I was mm. much older.
3: I, I mean, it's you know, it, it's obviously in purported to live in Loch Ness, Scotland, and generally, you know, the most common depiction it looks like what we all think of when we think of sea serpent. It looks kind of like the dinosaur with a long, craning neck, and yeah, I mean, you know, the rumors are that it's been spotted and photographed and videotaped and, or filmed, and all these things going back. The newsflash: they've never actually found one. Mm-hmm. The idea is that it might be some sort of prehistoric creature that's yeah. a holdover. People, people who believe in it, the most common theory is that it's like a, a plesiosaur, uh, sort of a holdover that mm-hmm. somehow managed to survive when all of the rest of its species were extinct, and it's living in this, you know, lake. And as as a kid, I think I always had this idea. Well, why don't they just Drag a big net across the lake and <laughs> yeah. you know see what comes up. You know. Should have
0: just asked you, Colin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, dear Scotland, I I think. <laughs> We keep getting these letters from this annoying (laughs) eight-year-old in the States. We should just do it. We're
0: going to (laughs) drag it And I think, you know, even
3: uh, when uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer gets roped into a a Mr. Burns scheme to try and track down a Loch Ness monster, and they they show them kind of pumping the lake out, you know? Yeah. And I sort of had this, but so I was doing a little research. I I had no idea just how massive Loch Ness is. And so it actually, Mm -hmm. it, it gives some credence to the fact that there could be this creature lurking in there that's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Years. the lake is is over 22 miles long Whoa. it is it's just huge 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 it's it's over 22 miles long it's over a mile wide at places i've read that the volume of water it contains it's over 700 feet deep and it's, it's basically deepest.
1: impossible to pump massive, it out
3: massive you could yeah. fit the they say you could fit the entire world population in there what, um, what? So, that's what they say and have okay. plenty of room to spare so this is this huge 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 lock and it's murky murky water it's really hard to see through. There's a mm. lot of debris in there. So the fact that it's so deep and so long and so wide, you could sort of sure. conceivably believe that there's a, a pleosaur maybe swimming around in there.
1: Did they ever find bones?
3: Well, no. I mean, they, they've never found anything that's conclusive. I, I mean, I'm, I'm well, going to say anything. obviously. I'm going to say okay. obviously because at this point I don't actually believe that there's a monster there. But they, they still – one of the things that really fascinated about me about this even as a kid was that they kept sending all these missions out there you know, and I was thinking, well, if they're sending out these scientific crews, there must be something there, you know, surely all these grown ups wouldn't pay all this money to go look for something <laughs> that I was a naive child. <laughs> now as a grown up with lots
0: of hobbies, <laughs> right?
3: They've sent side scanning sonar out there, they've mm-hmm. sent uh, all sorts of crews out on the on the uh, the water trying to find it as far back as as far back as even the 30s, you know, serious uh, undertakings have been taken. And you know, there was one even into the into the 70s, they had a huge, they called it the, the big expedition, which was, this was going to be the one. We're going to find it. Um, and they had developed a, a system of underwater microphones, and they deposited them all throughout the lock, and they were going to try and What's listen to What's the conclusion then? The conclusion is always inconclusive. It's yeah. always, well, yeah. we kind of saw this big mass of something, and there are theories that it could be algae blooms or trunks, uh, chunks of you know animal detritus on the bottom. The, the most likely scenario to me seems to be it's either seals there are known to be seals that live there but someone other theories are that it's just simply a dead tree floating around someone, had point, <laughs> someone has pointed out though that uh, you know the, there are several locks in Scotland and a lot of them have going back rumors of sea creatures living in there and someone had pointed out that the locks that have trees growing around them have the most stories of creatures uh, living in them so <laughs> it seems like kind of I don't know a little bit of a uh, prosaic mm-hmm. explanation people but see all
2: kinds of things
3: people do yeah. yeah so there is probably not a Dinosaur living in Loch Ness, unfortunately. I know, I know. Eight year old Colin would be greatly disappointed.
1: Oh, I want a dinosaur. All right, and uh, we have a mnemonic today, and it's kind of tied in... A mnemonic?
3: That's a new mnemonic. That's a new mnemonic. A, a, a new
1: mnemonic. mnemonic. A new, mnemonic. <laughs> new mnemonic. And I made this one up. It is to help people to memorize the 12 labors of Hercules. Oh, good one. Because he had a whole bunch of labors. I think the, the famous ones is probably... The Hydra, killing right, the Hydra, right. and the, Hydra's big, the, yeah. The, the Nemean lion, the lion, right. And yeah. then it's like, well, what are the other nine? Because I think there are there's a whole bunch stables, of right? He has to do something. Yes. He has, does it clean out the stables? Is that what it is? Yeah. No. The big okay. stables with a lot of horse poop, right, um, right? So here, here are the actual labors in uh, chronological order.
3: Oh, excellent! So we
1: have the the Nemean lion.
3: He had to kill it, right? Or okay. He had to
1: get its skin. Oh, okay. Its hide. Which ty- to kill typically it. involves killing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I,
3: I'm no expert.
2: Uh,
1: the Hydra. The Hind, which is a deer. Diana is a sacred deer. It's called a Hind. Did he have to capture it or kill it? He had to capture it, but he ended up killing it. Hmm. The Hind, the boar, the stables, mm-hmm. uh, the birds, the bull, the mares... He had to steal a girdle, the cattle, and the golden apples, and Cerberus. So a whole bunch of a whole bunch of labors. Really hard to. There's a, I
2: mean, there's a story behind each of those. Exactly. In there, Right. A
1: very extended story. How could
2: we ever memorize the order of these? <laughs>
1: I'm so glad you asked, Chris, because I have a little mnemonic, and it is little hyper hipster boy strains biceps, busting moves. Girls can apply, certainly. (laughs) (laughs) So, actually, this is... Usually, mnemonics we use the first letter, uh-huh. so every word is actually uses the first two letters, oh. except for moves. Okay. I just okay. thought "busting moves" sounded better than originally. I had "busting macarena." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, using the first two letters makes a lot of sense for this because there's a lot that a are lot good. of right. Sure, right. first letters. So let's so, go. All right. So line by line, we got
1: so little hyper <laughs> hipster boy
2: lion hydra hind.
1: hind. hind. Boar. Boar, okay. Strains, biceps, busting moves, or macarena?
3: Stables.
1: Birds. Birds.
3: Bull. Bull. Mares. Okay. Okay. And
1: girls can apply certainly. Girdle. 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 Cattle. Apple. Apple and Cerberus.
3: Oh. So, little
1: hyper hipster boy, strains, biceps, busting moves. Girls can apply, certainly.
3: Very nice.
1: Hopefully that will help you out. We've definitely had questions uh, in pub trivia about the labors of Hercules. Mm. Usually it's the first one or the last one. Yeah. Now you know all 12. And, of course, continuing our monster theme, we have uh, a bunch of monsters in pop culture that we would like to talk about.
2: When I When I saw monsters in popular culture and was asked to come up with one, it was like, well... Godzilla.
1: Godzilla. Gojira! Gojira! <laughs> A.K.A.
2: Ah! Gojira, created in the 1950s in Japan. Now, we all we all understand that what Gojira is a, is a metaphor for, right? I mean, is, the, the, the terrors diamond, the of the dinosaur? atomic age. It, exactly, yes. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gojira, <laughs> the, the movie is just sort of manifestly about, I mean, Japan had just survived like the firebombing of Tokyo and then the nuclear annihilation of two of its cities and Mm so it's working through these fears and uh and and sort of lingering emotions about nuclear disaster
3: and that was his main weapon right well that's where he came from yeah yeah he was a
2: a lizard that was in a nuclear accident and grew to giant size and they they would bring these movies to America as well as Japan and just change the living heck out of them these these movies just went on and on and on trivia about Gojira the name Uh do we know where the Name comes from It's one of our Favorite things It's a portmanteau I was was just gonna say I don't know what it is But I was gonna wager
3: Anything it's a portmanteau It is in fact Oh 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 uh, um, is it it's God God nope. uh No Japanese no because cow. remember
2: because remember Godzilla it, Godzilla was a uh, American English uh, English Yes English. exactly and it was a mangling of, mm. of it basically. Godzilla um Goj- Gojira. No. It's actually gorila, Gorilla gorilla ah. and Kujira, which is whale. Ah. that and that is that is absolutely Gorilla true.
0: Whale.
2: Gorilla whale. Gorilla <laughs> whale portmanteau huh. of gorilla and whale. Where like
0: Where's the whale, whale come in?
2: Um well Muslim? he lives in the sea. He
0: comes in well, the ocean Well he's big. He's
2: big oh uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, he's big and he he's his, his home is in the ocean, right? And that, that was always
3: my favorite scene: is him slowly rising out of the coast, you know, water coming across the coast. Right?
1: Do we know if it's a boy or a girl?
2: I don't know that's, if that's ever been answered. Oh, Okay. If there's a movie called Bride of Godzilla, I would
1: see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he does
2: seem to be ex- exhibiting a lot of testosterone.
3: Because you
1: guys keep say. say he. What if it's yeah. a? It could be a, a lady. Oh, it could be. It's true.
2: And he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I also found he out. does. True story. Really?
1: Yeah.
0: Is it under Godzilla or Gojira? Godzilla. Uh-huh. Is okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Does it have uh, his 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 claw prints? <laughs> no, no no. no. Yeah, it takes no, up seven, seven <laughs> yeah, seven seven <laughs> it's a
3: giant footprint. He died in the movie originally, right? The very first one or
2: Yeah, they weren't really big on continuity between all of those <laughs> movies. Especially because the movies that come over and get Americanized, right? But even in Japan, they were not exactly they they actually did like the 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 first few Gojira movies, like they actually had continuity where like I think at the end of one movie, he was, like, frozen or something, and then, you know, was thawed out. Right. Um, and then, actually, what, what basically happened was he was supposed to be this, like, terrifying, horrible monster, right? But Japanese children started to love him. <laughs> um, and he became not... White a hero, but like an anti hero. Like he got more intelligent. Mm. And what would basically mm. happen was some other Monster. more terrible yeah. force. Hence, like
3: Mothra, Mothra. Or, or Rodan. Yes.
2: And then later on, Mecha Godzilla and Space Godzilla, but also, but <laughs> yeah, worse monsters would show up. Then he would end up saving Earth by battling these monsters and then retreating. He's like the T Rex
1: from Jurassic Park uh, yeah. saving from the velociraptors.
2: He was still a real jerk, you know? <laughs> but, in same, but it's like he was. <laughs> a way of sort of positioning him where you be. Uh-huh. it was
3: more that he was misunderstood yeah it wasn't that he was out and out evil so I'll, you know going to the other end of the spectrum of history here you know we've got the modern day Godzilla I was uh, doing a little research on the Cyclops um,
1: I love the Odyssey, I yeah. Love the Odyssey. Uh,
3: yeah hands down I mean the, the most well-known appearance of the Cyclops is Polyphemus the head of the Cyclops right. guys on the island that Odysseus and his men uh, end up crashed on in the Odyssey also but,
2: played by John Goodman in Oh Brother Rora Ob- yes yeah.
3: yes yeah. Karen's Favorite movie, as we discussed. That's right. Uh, I mean, they do appear a lot, though, in in Roman and Greek writing. Um, You know, Hesiod talked about three Cyclopes brothers, Brontes. Thunder, steropes, Lightning, and... <laughs> These sound
1: like American gladiators. Mario. Or wrestling names. And
3: Argus, bright.
1: Clops count as a deformed human, or are they on their own a whole different species?
3: They, they were classically described as offspring of the gods. So, you yeah. know, when Hesiod, huh. when Hesiod talked about them, they were the offspring of uh, Uranus and Gaia. So they have sort of divine origin. But what I got interested in is sort of the story uh, that I had read about the origin origin maybe for these in real life there's a theory that part of the cyclops legend may have come from ancient dwellers in in ancient greece finding dwarf elephant skeletons if you look at the photo of a dwarf elephant skull it does the giant nasal cavity at the top of the elephant skull looks not unlike a single eye socket and you know you have to remember that elephants you know the big trunk that's all fleshy flesh and cartilage and so that will all disappear all that will be left behind is the skull with a big cavity right in the oh, middle. Oh, that's where mm-hmm.
1: the nose go, not right, the
3: eye. Right, That's right. And the
2: eyes are on either side of the where the hole comes out. Right, basically? Yeah. right. And
3: so, Whoa. so what? You know, one theory is, and and it definitely they would have lived in Cyprus and Crete and Malta and around there. And you know, being dwarf elephants, they would have been closer to the size of a human. Of a, you know,
2: a big like human. A giant. Right. And yeah. when you know, yeah. when
3: we talk about giants, oh. when we talk about giants now, you know, we imagine 30, 40 foot tall. But a lot of times in the classical tales, when they say giants, they really just mean 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall, you know, something like that.
0: I couldn't let an episode about monsters and pop culture go by without talking about romantic vampire You just want to fiction. talk about Twilight. You just want to talk about Twilight. <laughs> I'm not a Twihard, but it's fun. But I, I think it's really interesting, the difference between what happens in romantic vampire fiction and what happens in traditional vampire fiction. Yeah, it's
1: almost like it's almost like two different creatures.
3: So by Yeah. Romantic, you mean the Twilight and True Bloods and like.
0: Basically, they get a, there's a lot of pushback saying that they're not real vampires or they really violate the traditions of vampires. I think it's interesting to look at what the. What the traditions are and what they are violating and what they don't and why, mm. why they're violating certain rules of the vampire universe. Got
1: it. Got it.
0: So I, I went over the list. It totally makes sense why the powers are the way they are. And I know people get really upset and they're like, they're not real vampires, but <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. In this Enlighten world. us. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The, the thing about vampires being cold, that's pretty solid amongst all of them. They, they are dead in, in true blood yep. and twilight. Then vampires don't need to breathe oxygen. That's true. Really. Because they're dead. Mm. Right? Oh, okay. Right. Makes okay. So, okay. and then the whole thing about vampires being able to shapeshift or turn into bats mm-hmm. or fly—like mm-hmm. they can't
3: really do that. They. That's a more modern no, thing you're saying.
0: No, that's the traditional. Oh, one. that's the traditional. You know, like oh, the, okay. the Dracula Got Got the turns way. into a bat and yeah, flies yeah, yeah. away. The no reflections thing, vampires don't have re- reflections. That's not true in True Blood or Twilight. You can't mm. see their reflection.
2: Well, they've got to sit there and admire right. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> the right yeah. And yeah. How
0: are yeah. they going to do their hair? The same with the picture. How can you take a picture of your hot boyfriend right. with, with your camera phone? Yeah. If you <laughs>
3: hide it in
2: your jewelry box.
0: The thing about entering your house if they're invited or mm. not. Right. Wait, I don't know that.
3: There's a thing, uh, yeah, like vampires can only enter your house if you invite them in.
0: Huh. And, Didn't and know I've that. seen
3: that referenced in many yeah, yes. modern yeah. tellings.
0: Not so in Twilight. He comes into her room while she's sleeping all the time, constantly. Mm-hmm. But True Blood keeps that rule. The whole thing about sunlight. So that's the really that's a big part of vampire lore where sunlight burns your skin. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're only out at
3: night. They have to be back in their you know coffin coffin. or whatever by sun up. Yeah.
0: So this is a really this is a key one to romantic vampire lore and fiction. Is so in Twilight, their skin is sparkly and that's why they can't go in the sun.
3: Oh, it's people will know that they're vampires. It 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 identifies them as their cover will be blown. They won't die. All
0: right. In True Blood, they start to burn up in the sun, but it's not immediate. The whole sun thing kind of takes a back seat because it's kind of inconvenient to the logistics of right, the romantic. storytelling right. right so it's basically everything that's inconvenient to the logis- logistics of hooking up with a lady with <laughs> a human <laughs> lady gets so the whole thing yeah. vampires drink human blood they'll kill you if they drink you or convert you right away to a vampire no not in romantic fiction they, they can kill you they do like human blood but they can also eat animals well they Twilight have to leave or...
3: time for the seduction yeah, as you right. say yeah
0: but if you're just like a juice box and that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's not... so the thing with the the vampires and romantic vampire fiction is that they have special abilities. They have, um, Telepathic powers, or sometimes they can run really fast. Yeah, they know what you're thinking, they can glamor you and convince you to do things, which does turn up in traditional vampires sometimes. It's just all about seducing the ladies, right?
2: So, So, okay, Dana and Karen having discussed this, why are vampires sexy? (laughs) I don't know why. Why are girls so intoxicated with the idea of their boyfriend being a vampire when they're teenagers? Uh,
1: Is it like an escape
2: fantasy? Like,
1: I think it's maybe like the bad boy archetype, but heightened, right? Mm. Amplified, like, Mm. oh, they're. Mysterious and they could hurt me, but it's kind but of this alluring. One really likes yeah, me this one he really won't exactly. me. He, he won't could, hurt me. He, he could, but he could
0: be- won't. They're so abusive, those books. It's weird. I, I, why do people like this? But then but- again,
1: we're you know we're we're not teenagers. I I feel like maybe it does fill some sort of emotional. Yeah. Everybody, shush! William
0: Shatner has something to say.
1: Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you
2: do when the woman you love dies?
1: Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join
2: Cat
0: and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside... The Box of Oddities, the Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Uh,
3: well, I have a uh, quiz prepared. To our
1: final quiz, final move away
3: from monsters, not monster themed. To the here. buzzers, yes, to the buzzers. This is a common thread quiz. Uh, the name of this quiz is Black and Blue. Somehow, the questions or the answers will all have some connection to black or blue or both, perhaps. Oh, all right. We'll start off with a uh, a simple one here, a 50-50. I know you guys like this. All right. Uh, so you know, I hate in <laughs> It seems like we always get them wrong. In the American Civil War, uh, we associate blue and gray with the mm-hmm. two common uniform colors. Uh, which side wore blue? Oh I think that was Chris.., yeah. Union. yeah, it was indeed the Union. It wasn't until sort of as the war really got underway that they were really standardized. In the, in the early days, they had all kinds of crazy uni- <laughs> <laughs> uniforms. even I mean, just within a one side, you could have blue, gray, reds, blacks, different styles, and, yes. Yeah, as you can imagine it looked a little confusing
2: unlike a you know a war at sea you really don't have that much time to prepare right, uh, for right. them attacking you like they were just across the street basically in some cases <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right across it's the street. it's like prom. put on whatever you
3: have by what name was edward teach t e a c h by what name was edward teach more commonly known <laughs> I think that was Chris again.
2: It, it Blackbeard the pirate. Yeah. It was
3: Blackbeard oh. the pirate. Yes. Yes. What was
1: his name again? Edward Teach. Edward yep. Teach. Mm-hmm.
3: The the archetype of the pirate image. Yeah. This actor made his film debut in Tim Robbins' movie Bob Roberts in 1992 as a fan of the title politician. I'm waiting for you to Karen. finish, Sorry,
1: uh, Jack Black.
3: It was Jack Black, uh, a young Jack Black playing a
1: very young, uh, very
3: young conservative fan of uh, Bob Roberts. All right, so are you guys familiar with otter pops, you guys know yeah. they 're frozen treats, right, so you know how they all have these terrible puns associated with them, yes. so very quickly if you don 't know what otter pops are they' they 're brightly colored uh, sugary liquid that comes in a plastic tube and you freeze it, and then you kind of push them out and eat it like a popsicle yeah. but each each of the colors has a character associated with it, so yeah. i 'll give you a couple here, so for example, the purple ones famously are alexander the great and <laughs> yeah. the, oh, okay. the the green one is sir isaac lime and they have these little cartoony pictures of them yeah what is the blue character dana is it
0: louis blue yes absolutely wow. good call
3: louis blue what raspberry what like? french He's kind of frenchy yeah it's like a, <laughs> yes. has a beret
0: and yes. a striped shirt right right
3: to... louis blue raspberry that's right
0: i had to go to hippo camp too
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: in the saying pitch black or black as pitch but what is pitch <laughs>
1: Uh, it's like tar or asphalt yeah. Or, yeah, yeah
3: basically it is yeah, yeah. that's right it's it's uh, it, it can be like a part of a family but it's basically a, a byproduct of petroleum products or plants it's like yeah. tar resin believed to be like some of the least viscous substances on the planet there's a really interesting experiment called the pitch drop test where they put some pitch in a funnel and it's been dropping for uh, decades and decades oh, yes, right. yes yes, yes. yes. Oh, it's amazing.
2: My God. Right. Voted lowest viscosity liquid in yeah. <laughs> Viscosity Today magazine, five years running. The
3: Fiji-Crested Iguana was previously unknown, and it was discovered because it appeared in this 1980 movie where it was spotted by herpetologists as a creature they had never seen before.
2: Whoa. Huh.
3: The Fiji-Crested... Karen blue lagoon correct the blue mm. lagoon wow. so this is an amazing story so they filmed in jamaica and uh, nanuya levu which is an island in fiji and apparently there are some uh, iguanas there that had never been documented before that just showed up in the filming
1: oh my god and uh, so a
3: herpetologist yeah. named john gibbons was watching the movie and is like i don't know what that iguana is and this is my area of expertise <laughs> so oh. he after the film he flew to the island where they filmed it and decided Discovered the Fiji crested iguana, and it was uh, you know entered a new species, a new species, a hitherto unseen species. He didn't make it after himself. Well, you know, he showed some remarkable Nitz restraint. Opportunity. Yeah. Nitz- so, in addition to Brooke Shields and Christopher Atkins nude, the Blue Lagoon also gave us an iguana. All they right. should
1: have given the movie like a special award <laughs>
3: for uh, outstanding achievement in iguana, yeah. <laughs> iguana <laughs> discovery. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll close it out here with a couple uh, musical questions here. So, you know, we always have these band names. Original Mm. band names started as this, went on to that. I, I love these personally. All right. What legendary musician and singer was originally in a band called the Blue Flame? And I will give you another clue. They were sometimes known and referred to as Jimmy James and the Blue Flame. Karen.
1: Jimi Hendrix. Correct. Yes. Nice.
3: Jimi Hendrix. That's right. He he originally started out performing under the name Jimmy James and uh, had a band before the Jimi Hendrix experience called uh, the Blue Flame. Sometimes sometimes incorrectly referred to as the Blue Flames. Uh, I had just learned. one
1: flame. Yes,
3: a single uh-huh. flame. What British band was originally known as the Polka Talk Blues Band? <laughs> Chris.
2: Black Sabbath.
3: Correct! Yay! Nice. <laughs> Did you just pull that
2: out? Oh, well, uh, yeah, I was thinking of the colors. and yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well,
3: you know, so that one's a good one. It goes both ways. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Ozzy Osbourne relates the story that he, uh, Polka Tolk, he, he took the name from a, uh, a can of talcum powder in his mother's bathroom, mm. is, is uh-huh. the way that he relates the story. Cool. And that's what I got. Black All and right. blue. Nice.
1: Good. Black and blue. Awesome. All right, and that is our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening. Hopefully, you guys learn a lot of stuff about uh, mermaid genitalia
2: <laughs> and whatever else it is we talked about.
1: Okay. <laughs> unicorns, but mostly unicorns genitalia. hooking
2: up with mermaids, <laughs>
1: <Yes. laughs> ponies, sexy vampires, and you can find us, of course, on Zune Marketplace on iTunes and also on uh, Stitcher if you use Stitcher we're also on Stitcher and also our website which is goodjobbrain.com and we will see you guys next week bye bye Bye, thanks